Do you have a water leak and can't find where it's coming from? Are you dealing with water or mold damage in your home or business? Then call Water Cleanup of Florida at 954-579-0356 for immediate assistance. With over 60 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, and their team is prepared to handle all types of leak detection issues. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. After the leak has been located and repaired, Water Cleanup of Florida will then clean, dry, and fully restore the damaged areas. Water Cleanup of Florida is fully licensed, insured, and certified to provide the one-stop shopping that busy homeowners and business owners require. There is no need to bring in other contractors. They will handle the entire project from start to finish. Service areas include Miami, Broward, and Palm Beach counties. Call Michael anytime on his personal cell phone at 954-579-0356. That's 954 954- Five seven nine zero three five six, or visit their website at wcufl.com. Water cleanup of Florida. If you have the schmutz, they have the guts. Chris and the guys at Greenview Construction LLC are a firm offering professional services in design and, of course, construction. And they are proud to announce that they've completed design and 3D renderings for two spec home models located in the Jupiter and Palm Beach Gardens area, sitting on over one acre lots. Now, they've got four lots available for these model homes. The first is a British West Indies model style, totaling just over 4,500 square foot, air-conditioned space, five bedrooms, five bathrooms, and they boast 16-foot ceilings in some areas. The second, more traditional style home, 3,100 square foot, air-conditioned space, four bedrooms and four baths. They boast 14-foot ceilings in some areas. Both models will have a free-flowing layouts that connect the kitchen, the family room, living room, library, I mean library, a den, an outdoor lanai, and both models will have an option to add a detached in-law suite if you really want the in-laws to move in, and a garage totaling an additional 1,000 square foot. You can visit Chris and the team online at www.greenviewconstruction.com. You can email Chris Tyson, that's C Tyson, as in Mike Tyson, C Tyson at greenviewconstruction.com, or you can call 561-727-5013. They're also on Facebook, they're on Instagram, they're on Twitter. Just look for Greenview Construction. And if that wasn't enough, they have an appointment-only showroom at 715 Commerce Way West, Suite 14 in Jupiter, Florida. Welcome to Three Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf and Simon. And we're on, and welcome to another edition of Three Yards Per Carry. I'm Alfredo Artiaga. Simon Clancy is here. Chris Kaufman is not here. He's dealing with a personal matter. Simon, hello. Hey, Alf. There must be a big game on on Sunday. Everybody's talking about this. Yeah, I think it's the uh, I think it's the Jets against the Carolina Panthers. Baker Mayfield versus Joe Flacco. That that is kind of sexy. Uh, That's a sexy yeah. matchup. It is, especially yeah, Joe Flacco. He's killing it. Joe Flacco might he might not give back that job, and we're gonna talk about that in a second about another guy who might not give back that job. But um, this show is brought to you by Price Picks. Use the promo code five. That's the word five, F I V E, and you get a hundred dollars if you deposit a hundred dollars. You get a hundred dollar match bonus, which means you don't have to roll it over a thousand times. You roll you roll it over once. So in essence, they're giving you. $100 $100 to bet with. So do it. Manscape, of course, 5RSN, 20% off your entire order. Use the promo code 5RSN. All right, we'll start here. Uh, bills are overwhelming, Simon. This is the best team in football. No doubt about that, right? Yeah, unquestionably. 
And you look at them and they, you know, the, the Titans, I, I think the Titans might be that, that type of team where they were the one seed last year. They could be bad this year. They just do not look like the same team. They took that injury to Taylor Lawana and they just got absolutely manhandled in that game. The Rams, I thought it was just, it, it was driven by Stafford. That, that score was 10-10 at halftime, and it looked like a good football game. And then Stafford just completely unraveled. But the Bills, the way that they're doing it on defense, they're pretty conservative on the back end, but they're getting home with four. Mm. What have you seen about what they're doing up front? Yeah, I mean, very much that. They get internal pressure uh, and a lot of it. Um, obviously with Ed Oliver, with Jordan Phillips, who we know really well. Um, and it allows their guys on the edge to to really do their thing. And they, they, they've they got some funky um, funky setups in terms of how they line guys up. Um, we talked about it on Monday, but, you know, you'll have Von Miller on one side and then they'll rush, you know, Boogie Basham, Greg Rousseau and AJ Epinesa almost in a sort of a bus stop formation. Uh, on the other side, they get a lot of, like I said, a lot of internal push as well, which forces the quarterbacks out of the pocket. Two linebackers um, who are both very good, very fast, sideline to sideline. Matt Milano is the absolute heartbeat of that team. I mean, he really is a, a, arguably the most underrated player in the NFL. Um, and then Tremaine and Edmonds, both of them are flying machines. And remember, they've got the best safety combo in the league um, in Poyer and Hyde. And really, they cover up some of the issues at corner. Scheme covers it up because they play... Uh, play a lot of zone, a little bit of man mixed in, um, but but Sean McDermott, historically a, a, a zone guy, obviously Leslie Frazier as well, who's the defensive coordinator. Um, Dane Jackson don't think will play, obviously, because of the neck injury, but they sort of float Teron Johnson around as a sort of a safety corner hybrid. Um, but it looks like they're going to end up starring um, Christian Benford, the rookie, or two mm-hmm. rookies, really, Benford undrafted free agent um, out of Villanova or a six-round pick out of Villanova, sorry. And then um, uh, and Kaya Elam, who they took in the first round. Obviously, Tredavis White, really good corner, but he's on IR. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. And, and you know, I don't think you'll be seeing a lot of mistakes. They just play, you know, elementary football. They play mistake-free football. And those safeties really do a fantastic job of either running the alley or or playing deep uh, coverage. And you don't see too many times where they get beaten. You certainly won't see what we saw against Baltimore, I don't think, at the weekend in terms of in terms of matchup and, and those guys getting beaten over the top. Yeah. And uh, Hussam Patel, uh, he has a thread uh, where he alerted us to to some some things that he uncovered. And it's the same things that we were talking about right now. Uh, the Bills week one had six percent of their 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 snaps in man coverage, eighty four percent in zone. Week two was eleven percent in man coverage, eighty nine percent in zone. Uh, what I find the most interesting about the Bills is that they like to have, and they almost insist on having Matt Milano and Tremaine Edmonds play almost the da- the entire goddamn game. Mm. <laughs> like you know, they want them on the field at all times, both linebackers. And I'll give you an example. They beat the Rams, okay? They beat them 31 to 10, which stands to reason that the Rams are throwing a lot late, right? Matt Milano played 99% of the snaps. Yeah. Tremaine Edmonds played 99% of the snaps. Okay. So you're talking about two guys that basically in, stayed there the entire game. In the second game, both played 80% against the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee Titans went a little bit, uh, uh, I don't know. I guess that they they tried to open it up a little bit late 
they started using a lot of 11 personnel, which is completely out of character because they like the, they're mostly a, a 12 personnel team. So maybe Buffalo decided, you know what, let's counter by having an extra defensive back out there. But they like to play those two linebackers. Mm. How do you go about attacking those guys? I, mean, I think you've got to establish the you've got to establish the run game. I mean, I think it's vitally important this week. Um, you know, Moster and Edmonds. Chris talked about it the other day on um, on OnlyFins in terms of Mike McDaniel talked about getting Tyreek out of the backfield. Is this the week that we see a little bit of that? Um, but that running game's got to be, you know, it's got to be on point. The 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 short passing game, those smash concepts, the crosses, um, the in breaking routes that that we run, attacking the middle of the field. But obviously, you know, you've got that triumvirate of 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 Johnson and Milano. Uh, and Teron Johnson, who kind of cover that, they like to flood the middle of the field because they think they can get home with four, which they often do. Um, so I think it's a short passing game this week and mixed in with some heavy run. Um, and especially if we can get those defensive tackles running upfield. Um, and, and, you know, if you look back at the, if you look back at the Chase Edmonds run on the final drive, it's that kind of thing. It's a hat on a hat. It's getting defenders turned. It's making use or taking advantage of them rushing upfield and using their momentum against them, essentially, to turn them out of holes. And then you're in a battle, you know, at the second level with those linebackers. But if you're consistently picking up chunk yardage in the run game, that's going to make things significantly easier in the pass game. And what it will end up doing is that Hoyer and um, uh, Poyer and um, Hyde, Hoyer, uh, Poyer and Hyde, will mm. one of them will, will have to step up into the box um, to help out and run support. And, and at that point, then you can start taking your shots over the top. I don't think you can do it necessarily just against that against that match coverage where they play those those two deep safeties. Yeah. And, you know, what do you say to maybe spreading it out a bit more and using a lot of those empty formations, even, even when you have 21 personnel, to try to get Matt Milano and Tremaine Edmonds in space? Uh, that's yeah. something that that it seemed like Mike McDaniel was was keen on doing against the Ravens to great success, by the way. Mm. I think McDaniel also will try and get the ball spread out a little bit more. You know, we did become extremely, you know, it was hugely successful, but we became extremely reliant on two players, really, especially in the second half, which is great because they're two great players. But I don't know if Cedric Wilson's going to play with the ribs are okay, but, you know, Sherfield and Craycraft, whether Izukanama plays, but Freddie Swain on the practice squad feels like from what Wes Welker was saying today that perhaps Swain might be further up the pecking order than the rookie just mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, he made a very pointed comment about, you know, this is not hand signals at Texas Tech anymore. This is you know, this is the NFL. Obviously, Freddie Swain's played a number of seasons in Seattle. Um, obviously, the issue with River Craycraft, of course, is that he can only be called up one more time from the practice squad uh, for the rest of the season. And he's, you know, he's had a big impact. So, and also the tight end game, I think this is a big game for Mike Gesicki. I think it would be a big game for the running backs out of the backfield. Um, wouldn't surprise me to see Miles Gaskin actually active uh, this week, just in terms of his hands and and getting the ball out of the backfield. Um, but yeah, you've got to get those. You've got to get. You've got to establish the run game. If you can't establish the run game, it's going to be a long day because you know you don't want that defense putting you in third and you know six, third and eight behind the sticks the whole time. That's not what you want to be doing. You want to be picking up six, eight yards on first down with the run game, and then that's opening up everything else with the pass game. But but we do fit that kind of, you know, what the Bills play, a lot of that cover zero in terms of just those short passes, accuracy, moving the ball, moving the chains, keeping it moving. I think it's going to be a really interesting battle when we have the ball on offense.
Yeah, I, I completely, I completely agree. And uh, the more I look at this game, and everybody, you know, everybody's just so they just want to bring up the last five years for whatever reason. And yeah, I understand completely. Josh Allen is seven and one against the Dolphins. Absolutely. Okay, that's great. All right. Uh, you understand that there's like two players left from the team like three years ago. Like this is an absolutely brand new team. Now you want to say something else. You could say that Josh Allen has defeated this defense three straight times. Yeah. Okay. You could say that because he absolutely did. Uh, They were a completely different defense the first time around in 2020. At the end of 2020, it was closer to what they are now. And last year in 2021, it was essentially this same defense. Except, you know, of course, you have uh, Melvin Ingram. And you have a year further along. You also have Kater Kohu, who's getting a lot of good press this week. But you can say that. I keep going back at that game last year in Buffalo the second time around. I thought the defense played very, very well. And the offense was basically, uh, it was an albatross in that game. Mm-hmm. The score was 3-3 late in the third quarter. It was 17-11 with nine minutes left. Uh it it was begging for the offense to do something, and they just couldn't. They just they just they couldn't get out of first gear. Uh, do you go back to that game and take a little bit of solace in that our defense might have figured something out against sure. jo- I mean, Josh Allen? Sure. I mean, the, I suppose the flip side to that is that it's another year for them to figure out how to play that defense. And you look at, for example, at the Ravens and how successful they were last weekend in mm-hmm. terms of stymieing our cover zero blitzes, you know, what the Ravens did absolutely pertinently and perfectly really was that they, and look, it's a copycat league, you know, these things are going to happen. So I would not, I would not be surprised to see this. You know, it's almost like the ball is now back in Josh Boyer's court. It's like, okay, they figured out how to, how to, to combat your cover zero blitzes. So what's your next move? And essentially what the Ravens did was that they would run late motion and they would motion uh, a receiver or a tight end essentially into the face of the blitz and and Dolphins defenders because of the motion wouldn't be sure whether they were dropping whether they were going whether they were all those sorts of things and, and when they did block uh, when they did blitz oftentimes instead of being you know seven eight against six actually it was seven eight against seven because they motioned a guy into the um, into the heart of the formation uh, and I think it just confused the Dolphins defense so I think the ball is very much in Josh Boy's court in terms of just trying to figure out exactly how to get the best out of that that unit the other obvious um issue is you're playing josh allen um who has been as you say perennially fantastic against us um and the the thing that concerns me most is how good he is and it always happens you know the dolphins have been historically very good at putting the bills behind the sticks and putting them in third and long situations only for josh allen to convert with his legs on third down i don't know how many times certainly over the last two or three years, where Allen has converted play after play on third and 10, third and 13, just by getting out of the pocket. The Dolphins obviously have to sort of manufacture pressure by bringing extra players. And we saw on Sunday when we didn't manufacture pressure and we just run four, we're at rush four, we find it very hard to get home. But Jaden Phillips hasn't started the season very well. Ogba, we know, is not Lawrence Taylor, but he's consistent and he's good against the run. He gets his hands up. He'll get you eight, nine, ten sacks a season. But he's not, you know, he's not a front foot, bend the edge, you know, elite pass rusher. And, the, you know, the interior defensive linemen do a really good job 
but they do their job, which is not necessarily, you know, you're not going to see Raekwon Davis racking up eight, ten sacks. That's not his game. Um, so, you know, the Dolphins, by the very nature, have to manufacture pressure. Now, the interesting question for me is whether or not, for example, they'll run, um, you know, does Channing Tindall have a role to play at the weekend in terms of spying? Does a spy even work? Mm. You know, but I, I do feel like the Dolphins have to have a plan for these third down plays because you just can't consistently allow the Bills to continue to keep drives going by the fact that their quarterback can just, you know, escape contain and pick up yards with his feet because that that's demoralizing, especially in the heat for that defense when you think you're going to get off the field and it's third and 13 or whatever. And then boom, there he is again, picking up 14 yards on third down using his legs. So it will be very interesting to see how it plays out. But they've got to have a plan for him. They've got to. Yeah, and I and I always go back to two games last year that, that Josh Allen didn't play all, all that great. That was the opener against the Steelers. And of course, when they lost to the Jaguars uh nine to six, I tend to throw that one away. Okay. I'm gonna throw away the Jaguar game because first of all, you're not gonna hold Josh Allen to six points. Sorry, Dolphin fans. Okay. It'd be nice though <laughs> if they did, but that's not happening. Uh, I'm I can almost like ninety-nine point nine percent guarantee that will not happen. What what can happen is the game plan that the Steelers used against the Buffalo Bills that kind of stymied Josh Allen. Josh Allen had, he kind of turned into the old Josh Allen, which is, you know, the, the old uh, cliche of the the inaccurate big-arm quarterback. He had 21 incompletions. Melvin Ingram was on that defense, by the way, that day. And mm. the Steelers, what they did, and I don't know if you, if you would agree with this, just trying to take part of that game plan and just trying to roll it out there, First of all, it was conservative because they stayed in zone most of the game and they only rushed four or five and they rushed five on occasion. I believe it was eight times they rushed five. The rest of the game, they rushed four against Josh Allen. It was as conservative a game plan as you could have against Josh Allen. And it seemed to work. They were forcing him to throw into pretty tight windows the entire game. Is it as easy as you can't dare, you know, you can't, you can't be too daring against Josh Allen because he can make you pay so easily. So just be conservative and be sound and tackle. Is it as easy as that? I mean, I think it absolutely is. Um, I, I don't. I think it's easy to say that you know you, you blitz him or you do that, but you know he, he, we've seen throughout his career and certainly the last two or three years how phenomenal he is against the blitz. You know, yep. you look at what he did to the Titans the other night. The Titans are no mugs. You know, I don't, I don't think they're a great team, but they're certainly no mugs. Um, and anytime you've got a Kevin Biden in your secondary, then, but uh, I just thought the way that, you know, the, the way that they, the way that Ken Dorsey has been manufacturing matchups in terms of getting Stephon Diggs on, on different players. And we saw that last time out in, in Miami where, where Brian Dable was able to get him lined up on Noah Ibanogane and, and really make him pay. Um, I think you'll see a lot of that. I think you'll see a lot of moving Diggs around the formation, but look, they beat the Titans. They didn't even have Gabe Davis playing. Mm -hmm. And yet, you know, here they were with, you know, Isaiah McKenzie and Jake Kumro caught a big pass down the field and Jamison Crowder, who we all know really well from the Jets, who's had yeah. some big catches against the Dolphins over the years, didn't even really use the rookie Khalil Shakir, who had a great training camp, was excellent at the senior bowl. And then they've got these guys out the back, you know, James Cook out the backfield and Singletary and here comes Zach Moss. And oh, by the way, you've got a really good tight end in Dawson Knox as well, you know. So it's yeah. It's pick your poison. It's going to be a really interesting game, but I would, I, I would envisage. I, I wonder what they'll do with Howard. Um, and it was slightly unnerving to see him on the injury report this week with the groin, uh, or on the injury report today with the groin injury. You know, do they do they move Howard around with Diggs? Do you want Diggs with Kader Kohu? I mean, I don't think you do. 
Um, you know, as good as the rookie's been in extremely limited snaps, you don't want him lining up with, you know, one of the two or three best route runners in the in the NFL on Sunday because he will get run ragged, I think. So, um, but, you know, McKenzie and Crowder on, on third down can be equally as frustrating. And you know, I, I suspect that Eric Rowe will take Dawson Knox, but, you know, that's a big old ask for, you know, especially if Gabe Davis comes back as well without us having Byron Jones. I would be nervous about the damage that they can do. So you've got to get pressure on Allen, but blitzing him, you know, is a is another question altogether. Yeah, and and that's a, that's a that's a great that that's a great point that you you came up with uh, right there on on Stephon Diggs as far as if if they're going to use Xavier Howard to to travel with him. Uh, the question was asked of Josh Boyer at his press conference today, and he didn't deny it. Like he gave it some, like he gave it legs. Because he he talked about yeah that's something that you know I've never traditionally wanted to do but it's something that you obviously might have to do in this circumstance so he was paying it lip service kind of like how he was paying the zero blitzes lip service last week where he was he was having this uncomfortable back and forth with Lamar Jackson over the media whether he was going to do it or not well he blitzed them zero blitz ten out of the first eleven snaps of course we saw the results right. <laughs> they weren't good, but I, it was very interesting. Tim Graham uh, was on, I believe he was on with, yeah, he was on with Joe Rose uh, two mornings ago, and he and they were asking him about the personnel on the on the Buffalo side of, of on the offensive side of the the football for the Buffalo Bills, and he was saying that the the most uneasy position on that team is the running back position because they expected by week one that James Cook would be the starter and get the majority of the snaps. But he says that the Devin Singletary is like the most, like he has like 15 lives. Like you just cannot mm. get rid of him. So he expects that James Cook will take a, a backseat for a while and that they're going to continue with this. De- De- Devin Singletary will be the starter and Zach Moss will be the third down guy. He'll catch passes out of the backfield. Uh, what have you seen from those two running backs? I think they, I think Devin Singletary is off to a great start. I think they, they look great with those two guys. Yeah. What do you think of that? Of that rushing attack so far this year. I mean, it's it, it, it's complimentary. They play complimentary football really well. I think Singletary is a good player. I think Zach Moss obviously brings a little bit more hard headedness, a little bit more running over people, where a Singletary tends to run around people. I think they've slowly started to trust Cook. He had the big fumble with his first touch um, against the Rams in Week One. He had the big carry um, on Monday night against the Titans, uh, the long carry in the fourth quarter or late in the third quarter, um, the 33 yard run. Um, so I think they're beginning to start to trust him, uh, a little sweep action with the, with the fullback around the end. But yeah, I, I like what they do. I thought that kind of coming into the draft that they probably would look early at a running back. And obviously they took Cook, who's kind of that sort of third downy type, a little bit smaller than his brother, a little bit, you know, you wonder whether or not he can, he can carry a load, carry 20 tires, but Singletary just seems to be improving year on year. And, um, you know, I know they really like him up in Buffalo. He's a good kid, good player. Um, and he's, like I said, he's just got better and better as, um, as the, as his career has gone on really. I mean, he's never going to be a Dalvin Cook. He's never going to be a, you know, Christian McCaffrey when he's healthy, but he certainly can be complimentary to all they, all they do on offense. He, he sort of feels like the perfect back for that system. Now, Xavier Howard today volunteered. This is Thursday. We're recording this on Thursday, the 22nd of, of September. And Xavier Howard volunteered, yeah, I'm playing. Uh, 
I didn't feel all too great. My groin wasn't all too great on, on Wednesday. I needed the rest day. I feel good today. I should feel great by Sunday. Sam Madison also volunteered that he wasn't all too happy with his technique on mm. this past Sunday. But is this the moment where, because we've begged, we've begged for it. And if you've watched the Bills play so far this year, it, you know, you got a, you got a, almost a $20 million cornerback who, who's headed for the ring of honor for the Dolphins. And if he keeps us up for the, another four or five years, might have a shot at the Hall of Fame. It's time. You got to try to beat this team. Their best player on offense, besides their quarterback, of course, is Stephon Diggs. He should travel the entire game. You agree? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I don't know whether he will, but he probably should. Yeah, I completely agree. I think this is the time. Like, you know, you pay guys like this for this particular matchup. Exactly. And if you watch the Bills play, man, if you could just hold down Stephon Diggs just a little bit, I'm not talking about completely shut him down, but, you know, a nice little tidy five for 60 would be nice. If you could do that, that goes a long way to holding that offense down. Yeah. Now, we already talked about the Bills playing a lot of zone. It's no secret the Dolphins want to get the ball to Tyreek Hill and and Jalen Waddle all throughout camp. And we talked about this on OnlyFans, and you can be on OnlyFans, of course, for $3 a month. I got to ask you this. Is this the offense? And we've seen it all throughout camp. We have saw it through the the first two games. This offense is just focused on those two guys, and they're going to give those targets to those two guys. Now, today, Wes Walker said, you know, we'd be dumb, you know, to keep forcing the ball to those two guys, but they're obviously our best players. So it stands to reason they're going to get the lion's share of the targets. They're going to be facing possibly two rookies. There's no reason to think that this is going to change this week. It should be a heavy target load for both guys. Agree? I certainly agree to an extent you don't want to become so predictable that you just rely on, you know, and you have two great safeties. You just sit on those routes, especially on those, you know, we know what's coming. A lot of those short balls, a lot of the sort of the Alabama, the tunnel screens and the and those sorts of things, you don't want to risk being so predictable that you allow, you know, elite free and strong safeties to come up and make interceptions or, you know, all those sorts of things. So you ha- I think you have to be really careful. Um, uh, and I do feel like McDaniel was not lying when he said he wanted to spread the wealth around a bit more, um, you know, which is great. Um, but also, and, and look, I, you know, I thought it was quite interesting that, you know, you go back and look at the snap counts. It's not like Hill and Waddle played, you know, they got a good, di- good amount of rest. Yeah. Um, and I think he's got to continue, you know, he's got to continue doing that. He's got to continue mixing up. Obviously, made slightly more difficult by the by the Cedric Wilson issue, and whether or not he wears like a flak jacket, or whether or not he can't go because you know ribs are you know painful at the best of times without somebody running into you with a motorbike helmet at you know twenty two miles an hour or whatever. So, um, I think that's going to be really interesting, a, a, a really interesting issue in terms of whether or not Cedric plays. Um, I, I just feel like I just feel like it's a big game for Mike Gesicki this week. I think that that's where the Dolphins could really, you know could really make some hay, I think. And, um, you know, especially if they're, you know, they're giving Benford and, and Elam extra help on the outside with with Hill and Model or wherever Hill and Model go to, whether that's the backfield, whether that's the slot, whatever. You do feel like that might open some spaces for, for Mike Gesicki. 
Yeah. Now we know a, a couple of things. Micah Hyde, today's Thursday. Uh, like I said earlier, Micah Hyde went for uh, a second opinion on his neck and he left town for it. That's happening on a Thursday. That can't be a good sign for him to suit up on Sunday. That's obvious. Dane Jackson was in the hospital. I, I don't know how you go from the hospital to playing a football game the following Sunday. Yeah, I'd be surprised if Dane Jackson plays, especially with the, you know, that's a fairly brutal neck injury. Um, but I look and- at their depth chart and I see B- uh, he's one of my favorite players, but talk about one dimensional. Damar Hamlin is Micah Hyde's uh, backup. We know who he is. Mm. He's an alley runner. He's a thumper. He will yeah, hit you. Yeah. But coverage is, uh, you know, you know, pass coverage is the moon to Damar Hamlin. Yeah. I think Hyde will play. I do think Hyde will play. I don't okay. think Jackson will play. Um, okay. So so we're going to face basically Poirier and Hyde. I don't think that they're going to play Hamlin all that much against against us. Unless maybe in our 21 personnel, they might, they might throw him out there a little bit. And maybe this is the game where Matt Milano doesn't see a lot a lot of the field, but they like to play him the entire game. So yeah, maybe Tremaine Edmonds is the one that sits a little bit. Weekend. Yeah, he had a stinger on um against uh the Titans, but he's practiced both days this week. So I I think he I think he plays. I, it will be interesting to see what happens with Hyde because you take him out of that, that's a massive loss. Either one of those yes. safeties is a massive loss. Without Tredavious White, without Dane Jackson, and then without Micah Hyde, that is you know, that's the entire starting secondary except for you know, Poya. So that is a massive, you know, that's a massive issue. And the Dolphins would have to take advantage of. And Poya was on the injury report himself. Yeah. Today, which I thought was, I think he was his foot or his ankle. So, you know, that's, um, and then you look at, you know, three defensive tackles, Phillips, Tim Settle and Ed Oliver, all on the, you know, all on the practice, um, all on the uh, mispractice as well. So, it's very interesting, and you know, if they're coming in and they're not healthy, this is a perfect. I mean, you know, feels like a perfect storm, really. If um, it really does, if high can't go, yeah, it really does. Now, let me ask you this question: I'm going to put you in uh, Mike McDaniel's very uh, Mike McDaniel's very very expensive shoes. And by the way, I don't know if you've noticed, but our head coach wears like almost thirty thousand dollars worth of accessories to the game. <laughs> Have you noticed that <laughs> he's, he's wearing ten thousand uh, dollar watches? Well, you know it's a nice salary that you get for coaching an NFL team. You know? Absolutely. Okay, so uh, I'll put you in his ten thousand dollar Breitling watch and his uh, five hundred dollar Gucci belt. Do you want to keep the Bills in what they what you know what they like to be in, which is their base defense? Those two linebackers. The, the three cornerbacks, the two safeties, do you want to keep him in that or do you want to start moving one of those guys out of there? Because I tend to, like, I don't I don't get it. Like, there's such a good defense and those two linebackers play so much, but I it, it, something tells me, like, that's actually a good thing for us. And if they start playing dying, that's actually a bad thing for us because maybe they could cover more ground and they could get to us with just their, their you know, the front four. So... Do you want to keep them in what they do best and just attack it that way because I mean, our athletes I, are better? But I just don't think they'll come out of it anyway because they can cover, they can run side on side on, they can play the run, they can blitz, they can they can do everything. So I just don't see a scenario in which either of them come off the field because that's just not what the Bills do. I mean, that's 
they're comfortable trying to get home with four because they know they've got these two athletic freaks at, at the second level who can do all those things I've just said. And then on the on the back end, they've got these safeties that can schematically help out um, either outside with corners, stepping up into the box and helping the linebackers or running the alley, you know, on, you know, outside zone runs and those sorts of things. I, ju- I just don't see them changing. I, I don't. Uh, why would you flood a secondary with substandard Mm. players not substandard but you know what i mean why would you bring in extra defensive backs like damar hamlin like jaquan johnson like cam lewis siran neil why would you put them in when you know that you've got these two guys you know who can absolutely fly around you know tremaine edmonds ran a 454 at the combine you know at 200 and what is he 40 pounds yeah in matt milano exactly you know like we've talked about him you know he's what 200 and 30 he's, pounds he's, yeah he's, four he's, six you know yeah, he's he's a lighter guy yeah he's he's probably the best coverage linebacker in football matt milano I just, I just don't know why you i just don't know why you take him out of the out of the lineup because it's not something they've done yeah it's going to be an interesting chess match between mike mcdaniel and, and sean mcdermott it, and uh and leslie frazier of course yeah. not to mention him all right one last matchup before we we talk about the the actual game Man, I watch Von Miller. He sure likes to rush blindside. I don't think that's going to change too much. He had three rushes from the left side against the Rams, spent the rest of the day going up against that that rookie left tackle that the, the Rams had. Dolphins have Teron Armstead. That's yeah. a hell of a matchup. Yeah. Von Miller, Teron Armstead. Uh, Mike McDaniel said something very interesting in in uh, in the preseason. He says he never understood why a tackle couldn't travel <laughs> yeah uh I mean, von miller it... obviously you gotta block him right uh buffalo if i'm buffalo i'm rushing him on greg little no you yeah 100 100 um, and greg rousseau just gets abused all game <laughs> yeah greg rousseau i mean but then miller is you know this isn't this is von miller you know yes. and the, the sort of the career redemption in a way over the last year in terms of he stayed injury free, and they've, you know, the, the, both the Rams and now the Bills have done a really good job of sort of protecting him and not play, not overplaying him. Interestingly, he's never played against a left-handed quarterback. Apparently, he said today, which I thought was quite interesting. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think you know Miller will want to go up against Teron Armstead and vice versa. Do you know what I mean? I think yeah, you know, iron sharpens iron. You want to see these two guys up against each other. I think that's, you know, that's that's what you'll see. Um, that's what you see on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. All right. We went 35 minutes. We didn't mention the quarterback. Uh, <laughs> I did that on purpose. Uh, Tua Valoa versus Josh Allen, the, the matchup. You know, hopefully it's one that we're going to see for 10 years. Uh, I, li- I, I like so much stuff that so much of what Tua did against the, the Ravens. Oddly enough, I think he has to be at his let's say Carolina Panthers best. You remember that game last year against the Carolina Panthers where he almost, he he was almost perfect in the intermediate zone throwing from. He has to be, he has to be, you know, Ravens best. That's what we need from him now, especially in these massive games over the next two weeks. He has to be that guy. If he falls away and it, and it reverts back to kind of the inconsistency and the, the sort of the, the flashes of good and the flashes of mediocrity, the, you can't win with that. You can't win consistently against these really good teams. You have to now step up to the plate. You have to, you know, you took on the challenge of Lamar Jackson and you won it. Now you have to do the same with Josh Allen. You have to be big. You have to lead this team like you did last week. Anything less 
not only will it be a defeat for the Dolphins, but the whole narrative that's been great the last week about how, okay, you know, this guy, look at this guy. It'll go back to, oh, well, last week was just a fluke. And it can't be, it can't be that, you know, it can't be that. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. Because um, it's been popular all week saying, you know, Tua, if Tua is the the Tua from the, the Carolina Panther game last year where he was extremely efficient uh, between 8 to 12 yards over and over and over again because that's what Buffalo's going to want, uh, I completely disagree. I think uh, you look at the, the athletes they have at cornerback, you look at the athletes we have at wide receiver, you must take advantage of that. And the way you take advantage of that is with your quarterback not being afraid and not playing on some type of schedule that keeps them under 12 yards. Mm-hmm. Keep pushing the ball. Play play daring. Play with balls. That's how the coach has has coached these first two games. Keep it going. Mm-hmm. They have a lot going for them. If they can't beat the Bills here, then essentially you're just trying to wait them out. You're trying to wait out and, you know, wait them out for for what? For you know, the caps their cap situation to get a squeeze which begins to happen next year as Josh Allen starts to get paid those big dollars, you know, screw that. You have an opportunity now to take a game from them. You have a lot of things that seem to be pointing to you having an advantage in this game. None bigger than those two wide receivers who I I truly feel are, are as good as there are in in this game. Maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe by the end of the year, you're going to have two guys that are top 10 wide receivers in the NFL. As of right now, they're number one and number three in receiving yards. I think that that's where you have to win. And if you're going to take a game from the Bills, it's on Sunday. And if not, I guess we're just waiting them out. We're waiting them out for a year for for them to weaken a little bit and we get stronger. I think I'll go first. If you're not going to get them this Sunday, you won't get them this year. And like I said, we're playing the waiting game or trying to avoid them in the playoffs. I think they get them. And I think it'll be dramatic. Because Josh Allen, I love our defense. I love the players that we have on defense. This is a, an offensive league. Josh Allen is an MVP candidate. As good as we may play, I still think he'll put up points. I think our field goal kicker gets one more than theirs. 30-27 Dolphins. Tua plays another efficient game. Josh Allen is out of this world. Tua beats him by a field goal. What say you? 35 31 to the bills hmm so so you get the so they get the the soul crushing but um moral uh what's the what's the word what's the phrase yeah, kind of moral victory I, that I moral the bills victory just, the bills are just too good you know we talked about this I, I you can see a scenario where the bills don't lose a game all season they're that dominant hmm yeah, only but, injury can get that. If the Dolphins are going to win, as the point you just made, if the Dolphins are going to win, there is no better time in terms of that sort of perfect storm of everything that happened last week, the injuries, the games in Miami, all those sorts of things. It, you know, it, it, it could be this week, but I, I think the Bills will win. They're just too good. All right, we'll talk about it on Monday. Hopefully, we're talking about going three and zero, and then it's a short week, which means that next week we'll have one show because. I guess we'll 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 cover both. I guess it'll be a long show on Monday. We'll we'll talk about what happened against the Buffalo Bills and then we'll preview Dolphins Bengals. But till then. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes on Podbean or your usual podcast provider.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.